Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Along with Hembo, Evan Cohen from Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. In for Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. In just a couple of minutes here, you will hear someone very close to Pat Mahomes ranking him third all time. We'll get to that in just a minute. But you had a question about the Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron James, the Lakers do something that not many do last night, which is win on the road at the Boston Celtics, and they did so without LeBron and AD. And as ESPN Bet on Twitter, at ESPN Bet just put out there, the Lakers beat the Celtics as 15.5-point underdogs. And yet today, a lot of the conversation less than a week before the NBA trade deadline is about the hypothetical of actually trading LeBron James somewhere else, not getting someone to join LeBron James. That's a hypothetical that I find to be unserious, although I suppose we can play fantasy basketball and have fun with it. The question I want to ask you is actually a serious one, Mm -hmm. which is to say, living in the very likely world that LeBron James is on the Lakers after the trade deadline, my question to you is, before the trade deadline, given what the Lakers have, is there a player or set of players out there that can change the destiny of this team, that can make this team an actual championship contender that they could trade for within the next week to pair with LeBron and Anthony Davis? Change the destiny of the team would be the part of the question I'm going to focus on right now. So I think this team, as is, as long as they get in the playoffs, could actually make the Western Conference Finals. As is? As is. Because I don't think this team is built for the regular season. I think this, built, this team is built for the postseason. Huh. I think they are slightly better than people give them credit for. I think in a shorter series, if they go bigger with more physicality, they actually could compete with teams. What I don't see is them having the ability to win three series. Two yes, three no. And part of that has to do with a potential draw that they could have because if you look at teams in and around the top of the Western Conference right now, taking absolutely nothing away from Minnesota and Oklahoma City because they are phenomenal – But they are not battle-tested in the postseason. And I think because of the fact that if you're the Lakers, if you could find your way in to, let's say, a six seed, and you play the Clippers in the first round, could you beat the Clippers? Yes. Okay. And I think the Clippers are excellent. I wouldn't. Me too. Okay. I, I would think it's more likely than not the Clippers would win, but you could beat the Clippers. Clippers would be favored in the series. In the second round, theoretically, as the three seed, you'd mm-hmm. have Oklahoma City. Could you beat Oklahoma City? They'd be awesome the underdog. Team. They'd be the underdog, but you could see it. Yeah. You could see it. So now I have them without moves in the Western Conference Finals. So when you said, is there a move they could make, DeJounte Murray of Atlanta, DeMar DeRozan of Chicago, anybody else you want to bring up, Zach Levine of Chicago, is there a move that they could make that changes their destiny I don't know because I, – I would say no because I don't think the pieces they have in lack of picks, only one, I believe, a 2029 first. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would not get you someone of such stardom that would put you into the finals. Okay, so let's tease this out. Because is that I, fair? I think it's fair. I think it's a slight stretch, but I don't think that it is unfair. Right now the Lakers are uh, 20th in offense overall. Wait, let me just add one other thing. Sure. Sorry. If I put Denver as the one seed – and Phoenix, as the two seed, I don't think they could make it to the conference finals. You think Phoenix would beat them? Meaning, I think that those two teams, while Phoenix is not battle-tested together, Kevin Durant is. In the playoffs, I could, I could envision them beating the Lakers. Right? Yeah, the Lakers don't have the artillery 
on offense to beat either of those teams, in my judgment. They're 20th in offense overall. They're 22nd in half-court offense. I, I want to make sure that I'm getting this right here, but I am seeing now that Rich Paul, LeBron's agent, is saying LeBron is not going to be traded, and he's not going to ask for a trade. Are you seeing that on Twitter? Where are you seeing that? Yes, I am seeing that on Twitter. If we could, uh, Yes, here, from Brian Winhorst. Okay. okay, Brian Winhorst. Agent Rich Paul says LeBron James will not be traded. Okay, let me just give you the quote. For those who don't know, Brian Winhorst, phenomenal NBA reporter. Brian Winhorst has known Rich Paul for probably close to 30 years. In fact, right before the season started, there was a great podcast, Hoop Collective, Brian did with Rich Paul, or maybe right after the season started, available on the ESPN app. You can find it there. It's a great listen. Here's the exact quote. LeBron won't be traded, and we aren't asking to be. I mean, that's it, right? That's it. That's it. That's it. Ball game over. Now, wait a second. Maybe ball game not over now that I'm saying that. He still could be traded. He does not have a no trade clause. The Lakers would not want to trade. Oh, him. I understand that. I'm saying technically the Los Angeles Lakers could make as unheard of of a gutsy move as you could ever make and against his will trade LeBron James somewhere else. It wouldn't be gutsy. It would be foolish. It'd be foolish to trade foolish LeBron James. Foolish in what way? Are, are the, Rich Paul has proven to be a phenomenal agent and that even if Agreed. a team does an individual wrong, he's not going to shortchange the rest of his clients to eliminate one of the 30 teams of and not. the finances that they have. It's not like people wouldn't support the Lakers. It's not like people wouldn't sign with the Lakers. It's not like people wouldn't watch the Lakers. If the Los Angeles Lakers hypothetically traded him against his will... What's going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? You're just talking out of both sides of your mouth is the problem. How? Because on one hand, you just told me that this team has presently constituted. There's a path to the conference finals. You're also saying that the Lakers would be advised to trade him against his will. No, that's not what I'm saying. I just I wanted to make sure that I corrected my own misspeak, which was, that's it, ball game over, he's not going to be traded. He still technically can be traded. I don't deem it likely to be traded. I did not want to work in an absolute on that, because it's not like he has a no trade clause. Understood. Fair? Fair. Okay. That, that being said, yeah. let's, live in, let's live in world B. LeBron James not being traded. That's world A. LeBron James staying on the Lakers. They're going to look to add more pieces, as Brian Windhorst in this article points out. That's a thing for the next six days. Let's figure it out. I mentioned they're 20th in offense overall. They're 22nd in half-court offense. They're 29th in offensive rebounding rate, which is to say they're not good on offense and they don't create more possessions for themselves, which is to say they're not going to beat Denver. They're not going to beat Phoenix. They're not going to beat an upper echelon Western Conference team should they make the playoffs, especially in this scoring environment. Mm -hmm. So who can we find, given the Lakers' lack of resources to trade, that can make them a legitimate Threat to get to the Final Four again. Okay, so let's look at it a little bit differently. Instead of who can they find, I'll ask the question slightly. I'll alter it slightly. D'Angelo Russell in a first-round pick interests who? Okay, so when you look at it that way, if you're going to, does that interest the Hawks? Maybe for DeJounte maybe. Murray, maybe not. So before, just sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but before we mm-hmm. keep going, I want to ask you, like, is, is, is Austin Reeves in play on the table or just... A total in my opinion, he should be in play. He should be. I do not believe he's the third best player on a championship team. So, so if you were running the Lakers, he'd be in play, but you think they're less, much less likely to include him in a trade. Yeah. So I would never suggest this player or this idea for any team but a LeBron James team. Okay? And I'm going to go into a weird territory here, mm-hmm. but here we go. 
I would take a look at the Charlotte Hornets, who are dying to get first-rounders, know that they're terrible, and want to rebuild and tear this whole thing Totally. Down, okay? And I would look at D'Angelo Russell, who you could trade, and it seems like Rui Hachimura is now someone that could be traded potentially. But So let's put him in there. And I would look, and I would say, where can we find value where others don't from a basketball perspective? And the answer is Miles Bridges. Mm. Miles Bridges has horrific off-court allegations that have gone on over the court and, and was arrested and everything like that. And I'm not trying to get into the, the real-life stuff. I'm trying to talk basketball. But in essence, you're asking me the question of how do the Lakers get better? Yeah. And the answer is finding value where others don't. A distressed asset. And this is a guy that nobody is going to voluntarily trade for because of all the off-the-field stuff. Hmm. LeBron James is the one person that could say, I got it. I'm going to take care of this guy. Right. And then all of a sudden is Gordon Hayward in the mix. I would just you're asking you're you're asking me to find spots where the Lakers could potentially upgrade. I'm going to say a name and you're going to tell me, could you see it just like that? Yeah. Kyrie Irving. No. Tell me why. Because I don't think Dallas would trade him. I do not think Dallas would trade him. You think Dallas would steadfastly hang on to Kyrie Irving even if Austin Reeves was floated? Yes, absolutely. Really? I disagree with that. I, I think I think if now, Reeves, to me by the way to me Kyrie Irving as a basketball player on my it, for my organization yeah. I was a governor on the team he's unemployable he's a great player but he's unemployable I do not trust whatever is going to happen next he has every right to be employed by other people I would not employ him okay? and, you're, and you're still suggesting that in Austin Reeves I think Miles Bridges is unemployable too mm-hmm. but you you and I are actually in a weird way saying the same things. Those that we don't think are employable by the masses are the actual players that the Lakers could go for because they have the ultimate deodorant of LeBron James. They sure do. Because as negative as the stuff is off the court with some of these people, LeBron James off the court is so unbelievable that he's the deodorant. Tell me, so tell me why. You, so on Kyrie, you're saying no because the Mavs wouldn't do it. I, I don't believe they would right now. All right. Next name. Mm-hmm. DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, I think that's something. You could see it. Yeah, I could see that. But is that going to help them when they want shooting? I mean, he, he can make shots from 15 feet. <laughs> right, but that's not what they really want. So can LeBron, so I mean, can AD. Miles Bridges isn't someone that's... No, he can shoot. I mean, he can shoot some, but he's not going to sh- solve their shooting woes. The reason I think Kyrie is so interesting is because he's a phenomenal offensive player. I mean, Kyrie Irving and LeBron James and Anthony Davis is like the perfect last dance trio. Yeah, I would look at teams that are terrible that are just going to stockpile picks. So like the Hornets. The Pistons, for whatever reason, think that they could still win this Not win this year, but like they're trying to add pieces to not be that bad. But even if Bogdanovich, mm-hmm. Joe Harris, these are guys that are shooting. Bogdanovich Alex is in Burks. play. Yeah, these are guys that are on that team, uh, some of them expiring contracts, that are, are fine but may fit a need more for the Lakers than other people. They're not a, guy, ch- a guy that the Lakers, I'm sure, would love to have but would cost them a first-round pick is Alex Caruso, who they used to have, who's now with the Chicago Bulls. There's not an easy path because here's the odd thing. If Jared Vanderbilt and Torian Prince, who has not played well, were on other teams, we'd suggest, 
well, the Lakers need those guys. Defenders around LeBron and AD, Austin Reed. Like, they have pieces. The other thing to point out is they have a guy at their point guard position who hasn't played this year who was a starter in the NBA Finals last year in Gabe Vincent. Now, if he's not coming back this year and the Lakers believe the hourglass, the sand is running out, mm-hmm. and they're on the clock, now that we know per Brian Windhorst and Rich Paul, LeBron's agent, that he's not going anywhere, at least we don't think, um, they may have to move Gabe Vincent who they signed by way of free agency, basically, I'm sorry, we don't have time to wait for you. Can I raise you another team? Yes. Washington. Kyle Kuzma, Tyus Jones. Can you see it? So Kyle Kuzma obviously was there and is not there anymore. We know that. Tyus Jones makes some sense for them. Washington supposedly wants multiple first-round picks for Kyle Kuzma. I don't – the Lakers don't have multiple (laughs) first-round picks. They have nothing. Right. That's why I think Austin Reeves is a more interesting player here because it's such a good contract. That's the Lakers' asset. And I understand why they wouldn't want to trade him. But if LeBron James is applying this pressure and they see a path to the Western Conference Finals, if you're rebuilding your team in the post-LeBron era, is Austin Reeves going to be a high-level player for you when you get good again? Maybe not. I could see that being a potential all-in move that the Lakers five days from now feel differently than they do today. Yeah, so that's an interesting one in terms of, of the idea of going out there and getting those two guys that you just mentioned, Kuzma and Tyus Jones, I, if I'm going to give up Austin Reeves, I'd probably ask for Corey Kispert, who's a former lottery pick, good shooter. Like, I would I need, need more. some shooting yep. in return there. I would, do no, I would need more. But, I don't mean, is Reeves definitely the best player in that trade? I don't think so. But he's the youngest, and he's, he's got the best contract. Yes, that's correct. I mean, he's the best asset in that trade. I mean, Tyus Jones is shooting 40% from three and leads the league and assists a turnover. Let right me here. flip this on you for a second, because everybody has taken the approach today of, oh, they're going to trade LeBron until, they, obviously, the denial happened today. Yeah. If we think the Lakers can't win, okay, and we think there's a chance after the season LeBron could join Bronny somewhere. You said can't win, correct? Cannot, excuse me, cannot. Why aren't we hearing Anthony Davis trade rumors? <laughs> We're hearing none of it. Like I, I, from, Nobody has even From nowhere credible, from nowhere uh, uncredible. That's, I don't know that you have, Anthony Davis you, you have downgraded the Lakers more than I have. Yeah, I think the Lakers are... Super overrated. Okay, so then your suggestion, because you've said 0% chance you could trade LeBron James. They don't have enough pieces to get somebody good enough. Well, then your solution is Anthony Davis. That's your solution as to how to improve the team long-term. I'm intrigued by it. Yeah, I just don't know if he has nearly as much value to you in a trade as he has to just running it back one more time. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Coming up. Four more or no more for a potential GOAT? It's Greeny on ESPN Radio on the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement... Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists. Like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. We're counting down to the Super Bowl on ESPN Radio. Don't miss ESPN Radio's playoff preview with the pros airing this weekend during SportsCenter all night as well as Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern as Chris Canty from Unsportsmanlike with Michelle Smallman and I, 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern, Harry Douglas, Freddie and Harry, 3 p. to 7 p. Eastern, and more. Look ahead to the Niners and the Chiefs. Along with Hembo, Evan Cohen in for Greeny today. Yesterday on our show, and people can go back and listen to the podcast, wherever you find your podcast, Pat Mahomes Sr. joined us, and we asked him to rank where his son is all-time in the quarterback rankings. That's still to be determined. Still has a way to go. Uh, I have mad respect for Tom Brady, and I grew up as a Joe Montana fan. Those guys are that ilk. So uh, he's on the right trajectory, but right now I would still say those guys are better. I mean, I think he's the most athletic quarterback that we've seen. I think he can do a lot more things than uh, some of those other guys could do. But the name of the game is winning, and those guys won at a, at a great rate. Right now, Patrick, you know, is doing what he needs to do, but those guys, to me, still have the nod. But, I mean, he's coming. Okay, so Pat Mahomes Sr. with just an amazing moment, ranking his son third, but an honest take that makes a lot of sense. Hembo, I've thought about a question a lot recently, okay? We all think that Pat Mahomes is just going to become, at what, worst case scenario, the second best quarterback of all time? At worst. That's what it feels like right now. But if I told you right now, one of two things would happen. Mm -hmm. He either wins no more or four more. You had to place a bet on ESPN bet. No more or four more. How many does he win? No more or four more from this day forward? From so including day? the game next week? Meaning in a week and a half, this all could be over. Oh, goodness. I mean, if I had to place the bet based upon probability, it would still be zero. That's where I would go. You, what if I said zero or three? I still would go zero. If I said zero or two? Now we're talking in that, that window of I'm not sure. Right, because the reason, by the way, the reason we choose four is because Mahomes' career and starts of his career with Kansas City is most linked to Tom Brady's career with New England, right? And six with New England, one with Tampa. But I just, I don't think people fully get, despite his greatness, the impossibility 
of winning double the amount that he currently has won prior to entering next week's Super Bowl. Hmm. Okay? So he has to win not only this one, but three more after that, which means just in modern context of quarterbacks, what he would do from today on would equal the number of Super Bowl wins for Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, and Drew Brees combined. Four. Right? The beauty of Tom Brady is that he played 23 years. The beauty of Tom Brady is that you could take his career in seven, let's just call it seven-year increments, and he has three Hall of Fame careers. Three. He did it forever. Mahomes is ridiculous. He's had the best start to his career. Most people, again, compare it to the start of Brady's career. I would actually compare it to maybe the, the second three that Brady won with New England, more than the, even the first three, because the way in which New England's offense evolved and Brady's role in that offense evolved looks through the second three more like this three or two so far for Mahomes. But the idea of winning four more? It's crazy. I mean, four was always the, the magic number. I mean, it was Terry Bradshaw. It was, it was Joe Montana. Not four total. Four more. Sure. That's what I mean. Four is an astronomical figure. And what's not obvious to me is whether or not he's going to have Andy Reid by his side for, you know, for the whole time. Maybe not even for any time after this year. Okay, stop right there for a second. What you just said is an excellent take. And what Kansas City and the buzz around Kansas City right now about the possibility, could Andy Reid walk away, is something in 20 years that Tom Brady played for Bill Belichick did not happen one singular time. There was never a Super Bowl, never a moment where we sat back and said, could Bill Belichick Walk away. Tom Brady was never at a place based on retirement where he would play for any other coach other than Bill Belichick. That's right. So in, in Andy Reid's case, I think what is I think it is more likely that we're hearing this because Andy Reid wants to make more money. He makes about twelve million dollars a year. Jim Harbaugh just signed with the Chargers for sixteen million dollars a year, than the possibility that he might actually retire. But I've heard enough credible people say that to where I think we have to consider it on the list of options. And by no means do I think that Patrick Mahomes is who he is solely because of Andy Reid, but he is who he is at least in part because of Andy Reid. I've also heard a lot of credible people say this might be the end for Travis Kelsey. I don't think that's going to be the case, but I think it is again on the list of options. Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion, is the greatest tandem ever. Patrick Mahomes. I'm sorry, what was that? I think that Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are the greatest tandem ever. At what? At throwing and catching a football. So no other parts of their jobs. Because like Travis What Kelsey, other parts of their jobs are there? You're, you're kidding, right? I mean, in terms of what they do? Travis Kelsey cannot even be mentioned in the same sentence as Rob Gronkowski when it comes to blocking. And that is, go watch the Patriots Super Bowl run where they beat Kansas City in one of the greatest games I've ever seen in my life in the AFC Championship game. And then Gronk against the, the Rams in the Super Bowl that year. Gronk, as an extra offensive lineman, is such an advantage over anything that Travis Kelsey has ever done. You are, you are single-minded when it comes to Travis Kelsey, that his only job is as a pass catcher. Well, then don't claim you're a tight end. A tight end job. I, I would take the best tight end in the sport over the best wide receiver in the sport every day of the week. It's not even debatable. If you look at who the great tight ends are in the last 10 years of the NFL, 20 years in the NFL, every year they're playing at this time of year. The best wide receivers are you're not guaranteed to be playing at this time of year. We have George Kittle versus Travis Kelsey for the second time in the Super Bowl. Rob Gronkowski was always 
in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady was always in the Super Bowl. I understand that, but the, the great tight end is way more valuable than the great wide receiver in my mind. And I would argue, oh, by the way, that I think the Kansas City Chiefs this year are better built than any of the previous years they've won Super Bowls. As crazy as that may sound. Because of their defense? Because of their defense. Because if I have an all-time great quarterback, which I do if I'm Kansas City, I am not going to pay wide receivers. And if they drop the ball along the way to the Super Bowl, I'll deal with that. Because guess what? 15 will make up for him. And to your point, 87 will make up for him. And oh, by the way, I got a hell of a defense playing right next to him. So I actually love the makeup of this Kansas City team this year. Okay? But I can't look at Mahomes to Kelsey, who have won less than, than Brady and Gronk, as the best combo ever if I'm factoring in the totality of what the job is for the tight end. I mean, they've already accomplished more in terms of like their numbers. And the reason why I think doing the Kelsey versus Gronk thing the way that you just did is dishonest is because... Dishonest? Dishonest. Because you're only including some selective pieces of the equation. It's a strong accusation, is it not? Here's what Gronk was better at. Everything? The red zone? And blocking. Here's what Travis Kelsey is better at. The possession receiver portion of it. Which, candidly, matters more than the other two combined. Gronk cannot sniff Travis Kelsey as a possession receiver. And for as great as Gronk was, Gronk always had a receiver to get him to the red zone. Travis Kelsey, the last two years without Tyreek Hill, has been the number one receiver on the best team in the NFL. Who's the receiver to get him to the red zone? You're saying Julian Edelman? Julian Edelman. I mean, Julian Edelman is phenomenal. Fill in the blank. I love Julian Edelman. Receiver that the Patriots had. Yeah, I I love Julian Edelman, but it's amazing that we're holding now Brady's success in creating wide receivers against other people. No, 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 no. I'm not holding it against anybody. What I'm saying is Gronk was not close to the player that Travis Kelsey was until he got to the 20-yard line. Travis Kelsey is a remarkable football player. And if you're just going to use the, the blocking thing and the touchdowns thing, which is a big part of what a receiver does, but ignore the fact that Travis Kelsey gets you there, that's silly because Travis Kelsey As has been— As if Gronk doesn't get you there? Oh, with all due respect, Travis Kelsey is a much better possession receiver than Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, I'll take Gronk every day of the week. Every day of the week. The, and, the, and the physical abuse that that guy took on the field— was I, like I've never seen. I mean, Travis Kelsey, down to his credit, he's faster than Gronk. Mm-hmm. I understand which, that. Which, which matters. Yeah, which I, matters. Just, I, I just have seen, I've never seen Gronk stopped. Go watch the games of Belichick coaching and Travis Look, Kelsey. this is not to disparage Rob Gronkowski. A good faith argument can be made and is currently being made that he's the greatest tight end of all time. And I would have candidly had that opinion up until probably the start of the playoffs this year. But Travis Kelsey, as a possession receiver, Playing that position, by the way, he has 17 touchdowns in 17 playoff games. Like, his numbers in the playoffs are totally off the charts. He's awesome. He's awesome. I'm not doubting that. I just personally would take Gronk above him. Very quickly, I'd love Cam and Bubba on this. Zero or four. If I told you that Mahomes' career would end with either no more more Super Bowl wins or four more, where would you go quickly on this? Zero or four? Mm, Four. Wow. Cam? Wow. I'm going four, and I'm someone who's very frustrated by people already trying to crown him as the GOAT, but I just think the pace I've seen, I think it'll slow down maybe a little, but he still probably has like 10-plus good years in him, so 
I'm going four begrudgingly, and I don't think it'll be more than four if it is. But think about that for a second. Let's say he has 10 more years left in him. He's got to win it like almost half the time. That's it's the thing. crazy. You win 40% yeah. of the Super Bowl. Yeah. 40%. This is Greeny coming to you live from the Seaport, brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with per- Patron. All right, Hembo, you have questions. I have questions. I have Super Bowl questions. Okay. I will start with this. If Andy Reid wins it this year mm-hmm. and keeps coaching, Will there be a path for him to surpass Belichick as the GOAT? No. Because of the... Well, when it comes to coaching, I think that we should judge by rings. Shouldn't we? Andy Reid would have three. Plus, I think now now it's... this This is the hard part. If you get three, we look at Philadelphia as a positive. Well, he got to, oh, he also got to five straight NFC title games, and he went to a Super Bowl. If he gets two, and he loses to San Francisco, his record in the Super Bowl is two and two with Kansas City. So he wouldn't have a winning record with Kansas City in the Super Bowl, and he wouldn't have a winning record with Philly in the Super Bowl. That's why I asked if they win. No, I, I'm giving the totality of everything here. No, Just I would answer say no. the question. I would say no. <laughs> Where does Andy Reid's reputation as like a bad game manager at certain points factor into this? Because he had that reputation for a really long time, and it still rears its ugly head every now and then. That's the thing, Cam. You are sensitive to it because you're a Philly sports yeah. fan. I think the rest of us have forgotten about that. That's the think? thing. Like, what's yeah. who's the other coach who had? I mean, Belichick has been around forever, but he obviously won those Super Bowls with the Giants. But Andy Reid for. 15, 20 years right. was this guy who couldn't win anything. Cam's right. Andy Reid's not a big game coach. Patrick Mahomes is a big game quarterback. Andy Reid was 11-13 and 13 in the playoffs before Patrick Mahomes became his quarterback, and he's since gone 14-3. and three. Now, he deserves plenty of credit for those 14, but he was certainly not a big game quarter, uh, coach before Patrick Mahomes came along. All right, next one. With a Super Bowl win, how would this six-year Chiefs run compare to other dynasties in NFL history? I think it would be considered one of the best of all time because player movement is greater today than it's ever been. Because guys are getting traded, guys are, are well, I guess not as much in the NFL asking out, but guys are leaving by way of free agency. It doesn't feel like all careers are necessarily longer. In some ways, guys are just choosing like, all right, I'm good, see ya. I think it would stack up with any other six-year dynasty in the history of the sport. Wow. You don't think so? I think it would be up there, certainly. I think the fact, I'm not a ring counter myself, because I think that's a very reductive way of looking at sports, but I think getting to f- six consecutive Final Fours is a remarkable achievement, obviously, and to have won as much as they have, the last two years is, to me, what really separates them, because they elected to trade away a Hall of Fame wide receiver, basically rebuild the entire team. It's one of the easiest decisions I've ever seen in my life. Maybe so. Maybe so. I, I can't believe... That we are saying that that was like a tough thing looking back on it. You have Patrick Mahomes and a wide receiver wants quarterback money. See ya. No, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with anything that you're saying. I'm saying the fact that they will have won one and maybe two championships since that day is a remarkable thing. Yeah, and Tom Brady never won a title with Randy Moss. Never won a title with Wes Welker. Widely considered maybe the two best receivers that he played yeah, with. I, t- so. I would take Julian Edelman. Yeah. But those two are considered in many ways the two best receivers that he won, with, that he played with, and yet never won with either one of them. Like I, I understand why, why you're looking yeah. at it that way. Mm-hmm. I think we incorrectly view that position as it relates to importance in this sport. I want to ask about the other quarterback. How should Brock Purdy's career arc 
inform our quarterback-obsessed draft culture? I think it is utterly ridiculous for anyone to think that we could pass on a good quarterback because we could find one later. So you don't think it informs anything? You think this is an In terms of future draft picks. In in terms of how we view the position. Remember, because he was the last pick in the country. He was the last pick (laughs) in the country two years ago. 260 seconds. I literally was about to get mad at Bubba. I'm like, you really don't think I know that? He's right behind (laughs) Ben McDonald. (laughs) Exactly. You can talk. Oh, oh, now, now you're mad at them. No, I think that you have to look at a guy like Purdy. You have to look at a guy like Brady. You have to look at Kurt Warner. These are anomalies. And I understand I just mentioned three of them, but they are anomalies. I think that I think Ron Wolf, the old GM of the Packers, yeah. used to say, draft a quarterback every year. Mm-hmm. That's how I would look at it. As when Kyle Shanahan Shan, – what did I just call him? When Kyle, What are you throwing at me? A dart. Oh. Yeah, when Kyle Shanahan tells this story – or Jed York, excuse me, the owner of the Niners, tells the story of Kyle Shanahan walks in and says, I know we got a $20 million quarterback in Garoppolo. I know we traded three first-rounders for Trey Lance, the third overall pick. But the third-string guy is going to be our quarterback one day? That's when you know, just keep drafting him. Always draft quarterbacks when you want them, not when you need them. That's a great anecdote. I heard that yesterday, too. And that's super fun to think about. Obviously, revisionist history. The reason I, I, ref, uh, I asked that question the way that I asked that question, though, is because I think the best thing that a team can do is build an infrastructure and have a scheme that they believe in and retrofill it. The 49ers, I wouldn't say have a quarterback-proof system because I think Purdy's better than anyone they've ever had, but I do think we have so far and away over-prioritized the position and under-prioritized the infrastructure that if we get that kind of stuff right first and foremost, you can make a lot more quarterbacks work than you could otherwise. It's a very, very interesting point because I would say that what you're saying in more layman terms is don't bring in a quarterback until you're ready for him. Mm. Find a way of Mm. building out the other 21 positions on offense and defense, and then when you're ready for the quarterback, bring them in. In some ways, what you're saying is quarterback should actually be the last position you look for, not the first. The track record of quarterbacks that sat is so freaking good. It's amazing, and it's I've been saying that forever. Oh, so good. I've been saying, look at the best quarterbacks of the last 20 years. Tom Brady, backup. Pat Mahomes, backup. Aaron Rodgers, backup, right? Drew Brees was a backup. Phillip Lamar Rivers. Jackson, backup. Jordan Love, Philip Rivers. Rivers, Jalen Hurts. Philip Rivers is what? He was a backup, too. He did start right away. And you think he's one of the best quarterbacks of the last 20 years? I'm saying he's yes. like one of the top 10 passers oh of all time. 100%. I'm just naming. Oh my God. I'm reinforcing your point. I'm naming good quarterbacks that sat. ESPN Bet is now live as the official sports book of ESPN. ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities like Greeny and shows. Sign up today and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Find all of your favorite markets and bets in like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all of the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in a legal gambling state. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Coming up, a blockbuster trade that you may not have heard about. We'll get to that next. It's Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. College basketball action tomorrow as number eight, Kansas hosts number four, Houston, presented by Robin Hood. Coverage begins at 3.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. I'm ready to go right now. Green light, green light. with Greeny. Give me the green light. In case you missed it, an absolutely enormous trade in the world of baseball yesterday that I think will have a direct impact on who went the American League pennant. In case you missed it, it was the Orioles acquiring Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns, a legitimate frontline starter, ace coming from the Milwaukee Brewers. He is entering a contract year. The Orioles are going to have to pay him something like $16 million, and then he will very likely walk and become a free agent. But for one year, the Orioles got themselves, whom I believe is inarguably a top five pitcher in baseball. Keep in mind, they did this without giving away any of their top five prospects from the farm system that we say has the number one ranking in the sport. Also, coming to a team that won 101 games in the American League East last season, a year in which we all kind of thought they were at a schedule. It is my belief that if the season started today, which it obviously does not, and I wish it did, but if the season started today, I'd pick the Orioles to win the American League pennant. This will have a larger impact on who wins the championship than most any move made this offseason, inclusive of Otani, inclusive of Juan Soto, inclusive of Josh Hader, because that's the best team in the American League, at least it was last year during the regular season. And the only thing they didn't have was a frontline ace, my friend. Corbin Burns is exactly that. Well, I hope so, for Brandon Hyde's sake. Great guy. I've known him for a long time, and he's the manager of the Orioles. But you just said something extremely bold. Hmm. That this acquisition, Corbin Burns is a greater acquisition than Otani by the Dodgers? Not a greater acquisition. More impactful for this season? I think that... Is that because Otani is not pitching? uh, In part, and also in part because Corbin Burns could be the reason the Orioles do or don't win the pennant. Like, he's that good. And you don't think the Dodgers can win the pennant? They absolutely can win the pennant. But they could have prior to Otani, I guess. Potentially. I I don't think there is a a move made this offseason that will increase a team's chances 
of going someplace that they couldn't have gone before than the Orioles acquiring, acquiring Corbin Burns. He is Hembo. I am Evan Cohen in for Greeny today. If you miss any of Greeny, you can catch up on both hours of the show and the Greeny podcast available daily wherever you get your podcasts. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right. I'll say it. Who you got? All right, Bubba. Hard-hitting questions from Bubba to All Hembo right. and I. Let's get down to business. Who you got? Brought to you by Granger. And we got some good basketball on ESPN Radio this weekend. As we just mentioned, tomorrow, number four Houston at number eight Kansas right here on ESPN Radio. Who you got in this matchup? I'll go Kansas at home, transfers, Hunter Dickinson, right? Am I saying, yeah? Terrific player. I'll go Kansas. It's tough to Kansas. win at the fog, but give me, the, give me Houston. That team is more athletic. That team is longer. That team plays better defense. That team rebounds better. They are the kind of team that does it. I think they go and win a game that's much, low, uh, much lower scoring than we're used to seeing. Have you ever been there? To the fog? Yeah. Never been there. Wild place. I called the game there once 100 years ago. My God, is it loud. Uh, that is a kiss of death. KOD brought to you by ESPN Bet, the official sports book of ESPN. Download today. What a play. Bubba. All right. And tomorrow night, 8.30 p.m., Lakers at Knicks on ABC and also on ESPN Radio. Knicks continuing their win streak. Who you got? Can they do it? I, I think the Lakers are going to win tomorrow night. You do? Yeah. Because what I deem the Lakers to be, and this is not a knock on the Knicks who have been amazing, I think the Lakers are the team, and the team I root for in the NBA, the Miami Heat, are very similar. Put them on the biggest of stages in the hardest setting, and they may win. Put them at home against the Pistons, they may lose. (laughs) So I actually think the Lakers will go on the road tomorrow night. I'm assuming LeBron and AD will play, and they'll beat the Knicks. Give me the Knicks tomorrow night. Even if the Lakers are at full strength, I said it before, I'll say it again. As presently constituted, they are super overrated. I love what I've seen from the Knicks of late. They're also getting healthier. Give me the Knicks. Bubba. Who you got? Brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickranger.com or just stop by. Monday was Adam Lambert's 42nd birthday. He, of course, is part of Queen now, singing with some of the original members as Freddie Mercury, not able to do it. He's dead. If you could take over and be the lead singer for any current band, who you got? Jeez, what do you want from me? Current band? What do you want from me? Yes. That's Adam Lambert. (laughs) Current band. um, Well, here's the thing. I love the Killers. If I take over for the Killers, Brandon Flowers is no longer the lead singer. Dude, I was going to say the exact same thing. They're like my favorite band. And I was like, really? I don't think I could do as good of a job Sick, as him. They're my no, favorite. I have gone to many Killers concerts. I absolutely love the Killers. I think the greatest living band. I really do believe that. They're, they're my top two with the Beatles. Wow. Well, they're not living. Not yeah, I'm, a, I'm aware. A couple of them are, but... They're they're my top band. That would be my choice, but I don't. I think Brandon could do a better job than me. So you know, you have to answer. You this. actually want me to answer this question? Yeah, yeah I do. Bubba, Yellow you know, card. you know where I'm going here. I would be the lead singer. I would supplant Ryan Key as the lead singer for Yellow Card, and I would blast Ocean Avenue from the depths of my soul. Sing it, Hambo. No. Why not, why not Creed? You yeah, did such you a good job. But I already did Creed. And I honestly didn't yeah, feel he like. He has more mountains to climb. I didn't feel. Yeah, exactly. Give I us, didn't give us like. 10 seconds of Ocean Avenue. Come on. Cam, are you, are you cool with me singing Ocean Avenue? Yeah, yeah. Bubba? Let's do it. If I could find you now, things would get better. We could leave this town and run forever. 
<laughs> I think he was pretty good. That he was did good. like the ska punk version of it. Well I got done. it. Yeah, I'm pretty good at singing. Well done. That was something. All right. 187 <laughs> years ago yesterday, Michigan became a state. How about that? Good for them, Javante. Who you got is your favorite thing about the Great Lake State? Well, first of all, what was it like 187 years ago? Uh, honestly, at that point, we were still playing baseball. The, the, um, the mound was only 50 feet at that time, and they actually had to throw underhand and ask the batter where they wanted it thrown. So it was a, it was a really skewed scoring environment. Uh, my favorite part about Michigan, the Detroit hat, the D hat for the Tigers. I love that hat. I think it's one of the best hats in baseball. He loves the D. Next one, Bubba. Okay. I don't get it. Are you surprised that Michigan is the Great Lake State, by the way? As opposed to? Minne- uh, to Minnesota, yeah, you Minnesota. Mean? I mean, yeah. what do you think? M- the yeah. land of 10,000 lakes? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. The I, Lakers? Exactly. Well, yeah, yeah. Good point. Hey, good for Michigan. That is a good, that's a good poll, Bubs. Wow, that's a great job. 42 years ago yesterday, Late Night with David Letterman debuted on NBC. Who you got as your favorite late night host? Hembo? For me, it's Lawrence Welk. Because I, I don't know anybody more recent than that. My parents used to watch the Lawrence Welk show. Um, but I obviously don't stay up late enough to watch any current late night television, so he would be my answer to that question. Uh, Scott Van Pelt, favorite late night host. Nice. There you go. It's a good poll. Company man. Mm-hmm. Look at you. <laughs> Bubba. Look at you. <laughs> I want to say I'm later the, the 6 o'clock news. That's his favorite host right now. <laughs> my favorite late night host is Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilbur. <laughs> yeah, at 5 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> 5 p.m. is after when I eat dinner, by the way. Any other ones, Bub? Nah, we can just... Well, today's Groundhog Day. What's, uh, what's your favorite Bill Murray movie? Bill Murray movie. Groundhog Day. Do you know who Bill Murray is? Yeah, do you know who Bill Murray is? Huge Cubs fan. <laughs> I feel like his son is at a college basketball coach somewhere. Carlin yeah, versus Joe uh, coming up next. We're Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.